everybody, Dr. Axe here. I am so excited for today's show. I'm gonna be training you on how to heal leaky gut syndrome. And this condition is linked with so many other conditions. If you are struggling with an issue like headaches, uh, inflammatory bowel disease, food sensitivities, um, joint discomfort, skin issues like acne or rosacea, any type of allergies, inflammation anywhere in your body, uh, depression, mood disorders, autoimmune disease, thyroid conditions. These can all be linked to a condition called leaky gut syndrome. And Hippocrates said over 2,000 years ago, all disease begins in the gut. And so this disease, leaky gut syndrome, has been around for a long time. In fact, medical literature calls it intestinal permeability, which we'll get into. But in this episode, I'm going to talk about the foods that cause leaky gut which in turn causes autoimmune disease, all these other issues. I'll be talking about the best herbs, the best vitamins, the best supplements, the best essential oils. So, so there are some specific things lifestyle-wise, certain emotions that actually trigger this as well. So I'm going to get into all of this and the research as well, as well as just get very practical telling you, here's the exact foods to eat, here's what not to eat, all in today's broadcast. Uh, so again, so excited to dive into this information and more. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna start with talking to you about what leaky gut is, and then we're gonna get into practically uh, how to heal it, okay? So, so here's what it is. Uh, it is when your intestinal lining, so just so you know, your intestines have sort of a, a lining and a barrier, okay? So your intestines act like a barrier in between your digestive system and your bloodstream, okay? So your intestines keep things out of your bloodstream. Well, imagine your intestinal lining being sort of like a net, okay? So a fishing net where certain things are supposed to pass through and other things shouldn't. So in your intestines, things that are very small, microscopic, should be able to pass through, like vitamins and minerals and foods that have been broken down into smart, smaller particles like amino acids and sugar, those should be able to get into your bloodstream, then get dispersed throughout the body uh, to bring, you know, to, to help your organs and your cells and your body to function properly, right? So we need to get these vitamins, minerals, nutrients out to your body. Well, what happens in leaky gut, gut, gut syndrome is your intestines act like a net. Well, imagine you have a fishing net that then gets a rip in it, okay, a hole in it. Well, then things start getting through that shouldn't get through. You're trying to catch this fish. Well, now the fish goes right through. Well, think about the same way with your gut lining. Now you have this hole in it. And so things that should never get into your bloodstream start getting in there. Undigested food particles like gluten and casein, bad bacteria, toxins like heavy metals, all of these things now start getting into your bloodstream, which they shouldn't be in there. So here's what happens. Your body says, okay, this isn't supposed to be happening right now. So your body actually sets off an immune response, okay? So your body sets off an immune response. Uh, with, and, and then what happens is uh, this acts as sort of inflammation. So the response then, if it continues to happen, it's inflammation. That over time will cause food sensitivities, uh, it will cause nutrient malabsorption. So you might be taking vitamins like vitamin B12 or iron or zinc and vitamin C. You're not absorbing those. That's the other thing that happens. So some of the biggest warning signs I'm going to get into in a minute, but again, nutrient malabsorption, food sensitivities. And then if leaky gut is left unchecked for long enough, what happens, it can often turn into autoimmune disease or a serious inflammatory illness. That's how you know you've had leaky gut a long time, is you either have a severe inflammatory illness 
or an, or an autoimmune disease. Those are the two biggest uh, sort of things that happen over time if you have leaky gut syndrome. What happens early on is sometimes you might have a basic digestive symptom. Maybe it's constipation or looser stools and normal gas and bloating. Here's the crazy thing though. You can have leaky gut syndrome and have no digestive symptoms. So he, according to the medical literature, I'm about to read these off to you because I don't want to miss one, but here are the biggest warning signs that you have leaky gut syndrome and there's medical literature to prove any one of these things has been linked to leaky gut syndrome. Um, any type of loose stool, irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, SIBO is a big warning sign. That stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, uh, celiac disease, um, Aller, uh, food allergies and any type of food sensitivities, uh, any type of um, in chronic inflammatory condition like arthritis, thyroid disorders like hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and Graves' disease, um, autoimmune diseases. I mentioned one of the biggest signs: so lupus, MS, type one diabetes, uh, brain disorders, especially depression, anxiety, chronic fatigue syndrome and easily gaining weight. According to medical literature, I've got a lot of medical uh, sources here. These are all things that are related to leaky gut syndrome. And then again, I think I mentioned migraine headaches. Also acne and rosacea. All of those are warning signs you can have leaky gut syndrome. So here's the big thing you need to do. We need to figure out what's causing it, remove that, and then start repairing that what we call leaky gut. Again, medical literature calls it intestinal permeability. Permeability means things start passing through. Um, and so if too many things are passing through your gut lining into your bloodstream that shouldn't be there. That's at the root cause, okay? And so we need to start fixing this. So here's what I found over time really causes this. It's inflammation of the gut lining. So inflammation is sort of a word for fire, okay? So imagine you have fire on your gut lining and that's burning holes in your gut lining. Well, we got to put out that fire. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to stop consuming or doing the things that are causing the fire. Here's, here's number one, the number one cause, stress. If your body is producing too many stress hormones, such as cortisol, uh, adrenaline, all these hormones, those start to affect that gut lining. It puts your body in a, a state where it's not healing as rapidly and regenerating. So emotional stress, specifically worry and fear and uh, not letting go of things of the past, okay? Like unforgiveness. Like those are the biggest stressors that actually contribute to leaky gut. The other big one is toxins. If you're eating a lot of toxins, food with arsenic, which by the way, a lot of the foods from China today have a lot of arsenic in them. You know, these toxins in our food, the phytoestrogens, those contribute to leaky gut. Uh, difficult to digest food particles. I'm gonna get into this, but gluten, casein, but this might shock you. Even raw vegetables, like raw cruciferous vegetables, like raw broccoli is very hard to digest. So these foods that are hard to digest can cause gut inflammation. Drugs and medications. Okay, listen to this. Many drugs and medications. Now, the biggest one, right, is prescription antibiotic drugs. But prescription antibiotic drugs not only kill the bad bacteria, they kill the good bacteria in your gut lining known as probiotics. What do probiotics do? I'll get into this later. But for now, they act as your army that protect your gut lining. Well, if you've killed those off, now your gut lining is even more susceptible to foreign invaders and other, uh, other things that are trying to uh, damage it. So again, drug. And listen, there, there is hardly a medication that's not hard on your gut lining. Two of the biggest though 
are NSAIDs, so non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, so just over-the-counter, just things for joint aches, those those are very damaging and very hard on the gut, as are antibiotics, as are almost every drug, but those two primarily are very, very hard on the gut lining. Another big one, and this may shock you, is birth control drugs. Birth control drugs actually cause an excess of candida to build up in the body, and they kill off good bacteria. Those are very, very hard on the, uh, and cause leaky gut over time. So those, those are the big three, but there's also many others. Pathogens, parasites, viruses, candida, those start to eat away at the gut lining causing leaky gut. And the other big one is organ malfunction. So if an organ system is weakened, if your upper digestive system is too stressed, if your liver is too stressed, that then will start to infect the small intestine. The small intestine is ground zero for leaky gut syndrome, where, where it really starts to happen, as is the colon. But your intestinal tract, large and small intestine, that's where really leaky gut starts. So it starts with inflammation of your digestive system, which will then cause food intolerances and malabsorption, will then cause systemic immune reactions or weakened immune system, and then it'll cause autoimmunity. That's sort, of the, that's sort of the pathway that starts to happen in the body. So let me go ahead and start diving in. Let's talk about the foods you have to remove and the foods you have to eat to start to heal leaky gut syndrome. But I do want to mention there are a lot of medical studies. There are two medical studies showing that food sensitivities are a big warning sign you have leaky gut. There are two large medical studies actually uh, done in 2012 uh, that proves that inflammatory bowel disease is caused by leaky gut. A study done in, uh, listen to this, a study done in physiological reviews in 2011 found that the root cause of autoimmune disease is leaky gut syndrome. Also, a study out of the University of Maryland found the same thing. Thyroid disease. So if you have a low-functioning thyroid, which can cause thinning hair, low energy, just feeling overwhelmed, and just slow metabolism, you're gaining weight easily, that is a root cause according to another medical study. Another medical study, listen to this, um, found that... Uh, Nutrient malabsorption, if you're not absorbing nutrients. Another medical study found psoriasis and acne. Here's another study on mood issues and autism. If somebody is on the ASD, autism spectrum disorders, according to the neuroendocrinology letters, that's a medical journal, they found that most kids, pretty much all kids with autism, have a form of leaky gut. And what's happening is when you consume, so here's what happens. If you have a child who has autism and they consume foods, like gluten and casein. Those are the most difficult proteins to digest. Well, those leak through the gut, get in the bloodstream, they circulate, and then they, and then they, as they circulate, they eventually get to the brain, and then they affect the brain, causing uh, issues like trouble focusing, causing um, uh, fits of, of rage, really trouble concentrating, just behavioral issues, but just just issues uh, neurologically related are all there. There's another study in the nutritional uh, science of neuroscience. So anyways, there are a lot of medical studies now proving that leaky gut syndrome is the root cause of all these diseases. And it's like Hippocrates said 2,000 years ago, all disease begins in the gut. And as I've said, similarly, all health also begins in the gut. So let's start talking about how to heal using food as medicine. Okay. Number one, here's the food you got, you got to get rid of. And by the way, a lot of these foods also, uh, 
are talked about in traditional Chinese medicine known as TCM of what causes issues with uh, digestion and causes leaky gut. Number one is gluten. Okay, gluten and a lot of the compounds found in grains. Okay, so grains contain not only gluten, they contain things like lectins and saponins and other proteins and compounds that are very, very hard to digest, like phytic acid. And so again, grains. So if you're consuming conventional grains, very hard on the gut. The one that is the hardest on your gut though is wheat. Wheat as a grain is very dampening. So it's going to increase candida and it's going to just cause major gut inflammation. So you want to get rid of wheat, you want to get rid of gluten, and you want to stop consuming grains. Now there are two grains in particular, if you eat them sprouted and you cook them a long time, they're okay. And I will get into that here in the next section. Uh, next up again, sugar, right? Refined sugar, major inflammation, blood sugar spikes, then affects insulin, then affects cortisol. So all that being said, you want to stay away from sugar. Um, now, there is a type of sugar I'll talk about the body does better with in the next section, but you want to stay away from sugar, casein, and lactose. Okay, so dairy, right? You want to stay away from dairy. Uh, now, if you're doing raw dairy from a local farm, from goat's milk, your body might do okay. But for many people to most people, if you have leaky gut syndrome, you're not going to do well with any type of dairy whatsoever. And I'd recommend something like a, a coconut kefir, coconut yogurt, instead of traditional dairy cow uh, milk. Now, now I do want to say this. Goat's milk is easier to digest than cow's milk, okay? So goat's milk products, sheep's milk products, some people do fine with those and even thrive on those, but you just have to listen to your body. It's not often that somebody does. Now, here's the big reason why I want to mention casein. There are different types of casein. There's A1 and A2 casein. A1 casein is very difficult to digest. A2, which is found in goat's milk in certain breeds of cattle, is easier to digest. But generally speaking, you want to stay away from casein in most dairy products. Here's one that's going to surprise you. Raw foods like salads are very hard in your digestive system. You want to consume more cooked vegetables. But raw foods, especially nuts, like raw almonds, raw cashews, peanuts, very, very hard to digest. If you're going to do any sort of nut, you want to consume it where it's been sprouted and then oftentimes cooked or turned into a nut butter. But you don't want to consume really nuts or seeds at all. Very hard to digest. Beans, I don't typically recommend either. Those are difficult to digest. So, and listen, I'm going to tell you some great stuff you can eat, but these all contribute. Um, and let me say this, if you're consuming a, a sprouted roasted nut like an almond, you know, it's not as bad as dairy. So some of this stuff is on a spectrum, right? Where like processed milk and sugar, like ice cream is like the worst. And of course, a sprouted almond is going to be a little easier, but it's still not healing for the gut. Processed oils, right? Canola oil cottonseed oil, soybean oil, corn oil, even safflower and sunflower oil are not recommended. Now, a little sunflower oil, if it is uh, cold pressed, may be okay, but generally those are very high in omega-6 fats. If you have too many omega-6 fats and not enough omega-3s, that's going to cause inflammation of that gut lining, right? That's a big thing. So, and the other big thing is cold foods, ice cold foods like ice cream, cold smoothies, ice water. Those are actually a little harder on the gut and digestive system. And according to traditional Chinese medicine will affect the gut, gut 
contributing to leaky gut syndrome. So I know I covered a lot of those things. Those are the big things you want to get out of your diet. And of course, last but not least, artificial foods, especially fake sugars, uh, you know, aspartame, sucralose. Sucralose is one of the worst. And you also want to be careful with sugar alcohols like xylitol is very hard on leaky gut. So sugar alcohols, you don't want to do either unless it's in a super small amount, like a, just a pinch of erythritol. But generally speaking, you want to do zero sugar alcohols. Those are all the things you want to remove. Now, here's what you want to start eating now to start healing leaky gut syndrome. You want to consume wild organic meat products like bone broth, okay? Bone, bone broth is the most healing food for leaky gut. Now, here's why. Your gut lining is made up of collagen. So think about this. Probably approximately 70% or more of the gut lining is made up of collagen. So you need collagen. You, you need, if you're going to build something, you need the building blocks. Well, if you want to build up and heal your gut lining or tear that net that's torn, you got to be getting collagen. Bone broth is your greatest source. And not just any bone broth chicken broth to be specific. Chicken broth is going to be more healing than beef. Not to say you shouldn't drink beef broth, I would, but you don't want to uh, leave out chicken broth. Do as much as you can chicken broth. I would say a cup or two a day. You can also do that in powder form by a bone broth uh, powder. You know, in, you, you can buy that in flavor, a vanilla flavor, a chocolate flavor, or something that has turmeric added to it, something like that. But generally speaking, you want a lot of bone broth. Chicken is great. Beef, venison, wild-caught fish like salmon. Um, liver is very, very good. You can buy liver powder. You could do, um, uh, you know, you can saute up liver. But all that being said, bone broth and wild organic meat, chicken, beef, salmon, turkey, venison, all fantastic, the broth and organic meat products. Here's the big thing to know. If you want to heal leaky gut, you need to consume foods that are easy to digest. That's the whole key. Those proteins I mentioned are very easy to digest, okay? The next thing here is vegetables. You want to consume vegetables that are easy to digest. You make vegetables easier to digest when you cook them. So, again, I mentioned broccoli earlier. Raw broccoli, very hard to digest. But if you steam it to where you can get a fork through it or you bake it, in let's say coconut oil, it then becomes easy to digest and it's then an approved for a healing leaky gut diet. Um, some of the best though are cooked chard and kale, so green leafy vegetables, broccoli rabe, so cooked green leafy vegetables, especially chard broccoli rabe, known as rapini and kale. Um, orange foods like pumpkin, butternut squash, uh, and carrots. And let me say why those are so good. Those orange foods nourish the upper GI, your upper digestive system. So they're very, very good. And by the way, pumpkin is probably the most easily digested form of fiber, okay? That's the big thing. You want, you want easily digested protein, easily digested fiber, and easily digested fat. That is the key in this diet. Because here, listen to this. This is a principle by Hippocrates as well. Foods don't heal you. The body heals itself. Okay, remember that turmeric doesn't heal you, kale doesn't heal you, your body heals itself. If you got a cut on your hand, you don't like rub broccoli on and it heals, right? You just need to keep it from getting infected. Your body heals itself. Now imagine you have cuts and wounds in your digestive system. That's like what an ulcer is, by the way. It's an open wound. So you've got wounds in your stomach, you've got these open wounds in your intestines. How do you heal them? Well, you want just things that are going to coat and be easily 
easy for your body to digest so it's not opening these, these damaged areas again. So that's why raw broccoli, hard to digest. Cooked broccoli, your body isn't having to work and it's going through that area with relative ease and it's not going to re-injure the area because your body is able to digest it easily. So again, that's why pumpkin is so great. It's probably the easily, easiest to digest protein, also very nourishing, and it helps your body get rid of candida, which also contributes to leaky gut. But pumpkin, carrots, butternut squash. So here's the food. You want green foods, you want orange foods, and you want white foods, okay? So green is gonna be charred, kale, broccoli, rape, and asparagus, probably my four favorites for, for leaky gut. The orange are going to be pumpkin, butternut squash, acorn squash is good too, and carrots. And then the white would be something like cauliflower. So cooked cauliflower would be very, very good there as well. But those are the vegetables you're going to want to consume for healing leaky gut. And I'm going to give you meal ideas here in a a while, and I'll teach you how to use these meals as medicine for your gut. All right, fats. You know, this is not a high-fat diet, but you want some fat in your diet. The best sources are going to be coconut. And then probably things like olives and maybe even a little tahini. But coconut and olives are my two favorite fats, even avocado too. But coconut and olive are the top two. Okay, so hey, you want to get fat? Use virgin coconut oil and extra virgin olive oil. Those are the two oils you want to use when cooking. When, By the way, there's a myth out. People believe for a long time that olive oil... Uh, does not withstand heat very well. Well, new studies show that if it's high quality extra virgin olive oil, it does better under heat than most other oils because it's so high in something called polyphenols and these antioxidants. But anyways, when you're doing anything, coconut oil and olive oil should be what you're using. Um, Other fats that are okay are avocados and a little bit of tahini, which is a sesame butter, a sesame paste in small amounts. But those are the fats you should be doing. You also want to be getting some probiotics. Now, miso is one of the best. So you can do miso soup. You can buy miso paste from chickpeas or soybeans. That's fine. Those are going to be good. But that fermented, those fermented products. Now, if somebody has severe, if somebody has inflammatory bowel disease, sometimes their body does not respond well to fermented foods like sauerkraut. So just listen to your body. You can try a little bit of sauerkraut. You don't need to do a lot, just a couple days a week. You can do a little bit of sauerkraut or sauerkraut juice can be good for for probiotics. But if not, a little bit of miso is fine. Here's the big thing. You don't have to get a lot of probiotics in your diet. You can get those as supplements and then consume these easily digestible Uh, high fiber foods like pumpkin, and they'll support the probiotic growth as will the herbs I'll talk about. In terms of fruit, the the most easily digested fruits for leaky gut syndrome are going to be pears, ideally baked, so you can bake pears in the oven, blueberries, and things like applesauce. So pears, blueberries, applesauce, probably the most easily digested fruits for leaky gut syndrome. And then as a sweetener, manuka honey or a little bit of raw local honey. You don't want to go overboard on honey, a tablespoon a day maybe, but or do none, okay? You don't have to have honey, but if you want a sweetener or feel like you need one, honey and stevia. Those are the two sweeteners. Honey and stevia, a little bit of monk fruit in small amounts is okay as well. But again, honey, stevia, monk fruit, those are the sweeteners you can use. They are by far the best sweeteners for leaky gut syndrome. So listen, there's a lot of things you can do. Here's what this diet would look like for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. For, uh, for breakfast, you could do a 
pumpkin smoothie, okay? So take about a third of a can of pumpkin, a cup of coconut milk, or a little bit of a can of coconut milk is even better. So the canned coconut milk, put about a, a, fourth, or thir- a fourth or fifth of that in there, and then, um, and then add a little bit of water, okay? So pumpkin, coconut milk, and then some vanilla bone broth powder or vanilla collagen protein, okay? And then do a couple little dashes of pumpkin pie spice. So do a pumpkin pie smoothie for breakfast. Fantastic, one of the most perfect foods for healing leaky gut. Another option is a blueberry smoothie. So do blueberries, again, vanilla or chocolate collagen or a bone broth powder, and then coconut milk as well, okay? That's the ideal breakfast, what I just shared with you right there. Um, If not, here's another thing. You can do something called congee, and I mentioned I was going to talk about grains earlier. Grains kind of get a a, too good of a wrap and too bad of a wrap. It depends on the community you're part of. And the paleo and keto group, they'll say, oh, all grains are bad, never consume them. There's doctors out there saying, you know, that all plants are bad. Here's the deal. It's just not true. You got to prepare them properly. Cooked vegetables, there are numerous studies on the benefits of cooked vegetables. In traditional Chinese medicine, they evaluated millions of people over time and found cooked vegetables. People thrive on them and can live to be well over 100 eating a lot of, co- a lot of cooked vegetables. So all that being said, vegetables that are cooked you're going to do well with. Well, grains, similar thing. Grains should not be the primary part of your diet. But getting some grains like rice and oats that are cooked a long time, your body will do fine with. It's called rice congee. So here's, if you are going to consume grains, here's how they have to be done to heal your gut. You have to buy them sprouted or germinated, okay? So you can go online and just Google search this on, uh, or, or you can go another search engine like DuckDuckGo, whatever you use, but go to a search engine or to Amazon.com and search sprouted rice or germinated rice. That's the sort of rice you buy, okay, that's sprouted or the type of oats. You then take that, you put it in a crock pot or a pressure cooker, cook it on uh, overnight for like 10 hours on, uh, you know, low or high heat, either one, and it should be a mush the next day. That's how you eat it. That's called kanji when it's rice or porridge if it's oatmeal. So, so, that's, so you can do those. So for breakfast, you could also do oatmeal. You could do oatmeal and don't do a big serving. Do about like a, a total of about a, a, thir- a half of a cup. And then in the oatmeal, when you make it, maybe put, a little, put some pears in there or some, uh, I would do pears or apples with a little bit of cinnamon in there and then maybe, um, and then some collagen powder, okay? And then do that for breakfast. That's another option. Or do some of the rice with manuka honey with collagen, those are, those are the sort of examples or some coconut, right? You add some coconut milk in there if you want some healthy fat. But that's what that breakfast should look like for you, either doing the, the grain congee or doing that smoothie that I talked about, some good examples. Now, your body may tolerate eggs fine if that's the case. Do eggs with, with vegetables, okay? So do an omelet with no cheese. That's another good breakfast option. Um, or you could do some coconut yogurt, uh, there as well with some fruit like blueberries. That's another good option. So anyways, there's some ideas. For lunch, you want to do something like a big bowl of chicken vegetable soup with real chicken broth. You could do um, something like grass-fed meatballs over spaghetti squash. Okay, you make grass-fed meatballs at home. The way you do that is you just pretty much take, uh, you know, you can take meat, uh, grass-fed meat, Italian seasoning, 
You could get some crackers that are rice-based and, and crush up some of those in there and maybe some eggs, okay? And, and make up meatballs that way. That's, a, that's an option for you. Um, and then for, for dinner, you could do like a beef stew. You could do a grass-fed burger or a turkey burger with vegetables that you steam. Those vegetables you could have with a little bit of hummus or tahini with some sea salt. You could also take something like uh, cauliflower and vegetables, cook them in coconut oil and sea salt, bake those in the oven. You can just look up how to bake vegetables on the internet. Very easy recipe to do and then do it that way. So those are all options there as well. By the way, if you want to get recipes and the exact protocols for healing leaky gut that I'm talking about, I just published a new book here. It's called Ancient Remedies. And in this book, I have about 80 recipes that are great for healing leaky gut. I have an exact meal plan of what you should eat for every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So again, this book is called Ancient Remedies and you can go to amazon.com right now or barnesandnoble.com and just look up Dr. Axe Ancient Remedies. So the book is just called Ancient Remedies. This has all of these protocols. And if you have leaky gut, it goes through the, the protocol for healing leaky gut. It also goes through how to heal thyroid disease, depression, uh, Almost anything you can think of, over 70 different conditions, how to heal. It's also a reference manual. So again, there's, uh, there, there's that you can do with that, with that book. All right. I want to talk about the herbs to help you heal leaky gut now. And, and listen, here's the thing, though, I do want to mention. You can eat these foods, but if you're still you know, eating a bunch of garbage, it's going to be still very hard for your body to heal. So again, following this diet, and by the way, this diet I'm talking about can taste great. This is the way I've eaten almost my whole life is these foods. And so anyways, that being said, here's the other thing. Don't focus on when you can't have, focus on what you can have. Listen, grass-fed meatballs over spaghetti squash with a bunch of olive oil and Italian seasonings is delicious. Grass-fed burgers are delicious. You know, um, all these things that I teach you, you know, doing dark chocolate for dessert covered, you know, or blueberries covered in dark chocolate is delicious or making pumpkin pie is delicious as I have as a recipe in this ancient remedies book that has all of these gut healing recipes. So just know this, these foods are awesome. But if you start saying to yourself, oh, I can't have, you know, my cereal or my wheat, you know, bagel and toast or whatever it is. Yeah, you're going to make yourself miserable. But I t I'm telling you, if you start to eat this way, you're going to love it. And the other thing is you're going to feel the best you've ever felt. You will be blown away how fast you will heal if you follow the advice you're hearing in this podcast and follow the advice I lay out in my book, Ancient Remedies. Okay, let's talk about the herbs. This is going to surprise you. The number one herb for healing leaky gut is astragalus. Astragalus is one of the top three herbs prescribed in ancient Chinese medicine. Astragalus supports your up, it helps you heal your upper digestive system and your pancreas. So your stomach and your pancreas and the upper part of your small intestine. That's what astragalus helps. It's known to help heal the gut and the immune system. Those are the two biggest areas, your gut and your immune system is what astragalus affects. It really helps with that you're, you're, you're with leaky gut. It does it by strengthening that area of your body. Okay. So where some of these foods like sugar weakens your immune system in your gut, astragalus strengthens. So again, the herb I most recommend is astragalus, probably taking about 500 to 1500 milligrams daily. Okay. I would probably take 500 milligrams twice a day or a thousand milligrams once a day of astragalus for you know, six for, for, for many months. Okay. Best herb for leaky gut syndrome. 
The next best herb is probably going to be ginger. Ginger is going to work by reducing inflammation in that gut lining. I really, really like ginger. Now, ginger isn't going to be if you have, as good if you have a lot of heat buildup. So if you get a lot red in the face a lot, that sort of thing, or have liver issues, ginger isn't probably the best. You're probably better off with something else like skullcap. But ginger for most people, very, very healing for leaky gut. The other one would be, I love, is licorice root extract. Licorice root extract, actually in clinical studies, was shown to help heal ulcers. So I mentioned earlier, ulcers are essentially a wound in your stomach. Well, you can have those in your intestines as well. So licorice will help heal those. An herb that's going to act similarly or two herbs similarly to licorice are going to be slippery elm and marshmallow. Now, they're a little different, but those are very good, especially if you notice dryness. If you've got constipation too, I would say if you have constipation, you want to do a lot of slippery elm and marshmallow, okay? If you have more loose stool, that's definitely astragalus and ginger together, okay? So loose stool, food allergies, food sensitivities too with this. Astragalus is really good. Hypothyroidism, that's another one for astragalus, uh, okay? But if you have a dryness, a lot of dryness in your body or constipation, definitely slippery elm and marshmallow root. Now, in addition, here's some herbs that can help. If you have candida as well and you stick out your tongue, you have any type of white coating on your tongue, you want to start getting rid of that. The way you do that is consuming the diet I just shared with you. And in addition, consuming herbs that kill off bad bacteria or get rid of dampness. Cardamom is one of those herbs. Cardamom is great because it's heat neutral, but it helps eliminate candida. So cardamom, you can take that as a supplement or just take cardamom, add it to your smoothies or just take a teaspoon of it and just take the powder and drink it with a bunch of water. But cardamom is very good uh, for candida. And if you have really bad candida, I would recommend doing a mixture of an herb like Paldarco and taking that with um, like a ginger, okay? Like Paldarco and ginger together. And the reason you want to take Paldarco with ginger is Paldarco is very cooling. And if it gets too cold, it'll cause you to have diarrhea, loose stool, where ginger is warming. So they'll kind of offset each other. So again, Paldarco is going to help clear out that candida. Cardamom helps slowly get rid of the candida. Fennel, if you have gas and bloating, I'm going to recommend fennel, and chamomile, okay? Now, ginger and peppermint, licorice, astragalus, those are all good with it too, but fennel and chamomile are very good for gas and bloating. So if you have gas and bloating, but also migraine headaches with it and other things, either way, you want to do fennel and chamomile. Hey guys, I am super excited to announce that I have a new book coming out in February. It's called Ancient Remedies, and it covers how to get to the root cause of disease and ancient healing tips. You're going to learn so much about medicinal herbs, mushrooms, essential oils, CBD, and so much more. In fact, there's a lot of herbs and healing remedies you've never heard of where I get into the advanced nutrition tips. Plus, you can join my exclusive VIP mission team for bonus content, including a sneak peek into the book, Q&As with me, a shopping list, supplement guide, meal plans, and so much more. To get free access, check it out by visiting draxcom forward slash ancient remedies to learn more and pre-order your copy today. Now, I want to mention here essential oils. Essential oils you can take and rub over your 
your, your, your abdomen, your, your stomach. Mix these with coconut oil, ginger, peppermint, and fennel. These essential oils are good. Internally, you could do a single drop of these as well. You don't want to go overboard. I do think the, as a CO2 extract oil, they're fine. Those are different than the distilled essential oils are a little more gentle. But I think in general, doing these as herbs is probably preferred or an herbal tea. You, so you could take these as capsule or in a tea form. I think for gas and bloating, especially doing the like a, a gas and bloating tea and just look for the ingredients like fennel, chamomile, licorice, that sort of thing. But I do think some essential oils can be good, especially diffusing them topically or a single drop of these internally if it's a very high quality essential oil. All right, let's talk about supplements now as well. Um, and I do want to mention, uh, mention this as well, okay, as, as we're diving in, because this is a lot of information. By the way, all the things I'm, I'm sharing with you, it, this does not have to be super complicated. I'm covering a lot of things. Here's the basic thing you need to know. You need to consume foods that are easy to digest. It's cooked meat, it's cooked vegetables, it's healthy fats like coconut and olive, it's a small amount on occasion of probiotic-rich foods like miso and sauerkraut, it's easily digested fruits like pears and blueberries and applesauce, and the sweetener you're going to use is manuka honey, and there are thousands of great recipes with the things I just shared with you. You don't need to take 100 supplements or herbs, but hey, pick a few of these. If you know you need to strengthen your digestive system, you want to take astragalus. If you want to reduce inflammation, take ginger. If you want to get rid of the constipation or help that, you want to take slippery elm and marshmallow. So, you know, that, those are the basics. Now, supplement-wise, here are the two biggest things by far supplements. You need collagen and you need probiotics. And ideally, the probiotics would be known as SBO. That stands for soil-based organisms. Those are known as soil-based probiotics. Because you also have food probiotics you're going to get from things like sauerkraut, right? Some, some those sort of vegetables. But soil-based probiotics are the probiotics found in our soil that our ancient ancestors got in their diet that we get very little of today. Here's the deal. If you go out to, let's say you go to your local farmer's market and you buy carrots, those carrots, even after you wash them off, are going to have little brown specks on them. Or if you have beets or lettuce, same thing, they're all going to have little brown specks on them. Those are soil-based probiotics. And according to medical studies, and I cover this in my book, Eat Dirt, but there are medical studies out of Japan that show if you consume soil-based probiotics that are on the food, they actually help you break down and better digest that food and they reduce your risk of food sensitivities. And they help, they essentially help with leaky gut syndrome. So, so the thing here is, as well, eat locally. I want to encourage you to do that. So go to your local farmer's market, buy vegetables, cook those vegetables, eat those vegetables and those foods that are local. But also most of us are so deficient in probiotics because of all the things we've been exposed to. I mentioned earlier, if you've listened to this, if you've ever taken a prescription antibiotic in your lifetime, it greatly increases your risk of autoimmune disease and cancer and, and, a, and, and other, other health issues, inflammatory bowel disease and leaky gut syndrome. So if you've ever taken a medication and specifically an antibiotic, or I mentioned birth control or NSAIDs or any of that stuff, you know, there's a good chance you've damaged your gut lining and killed off the probiotics. So we got to replace those and we've got to do things to help heal that gut. That's why number one, so, so imagine this, you have your gut lining, which is made up of collagen, and then you have your army that protects it. The army that protects your gut lining are probiotics. Those organisms line and protect your gut. So those are the two things you need to heal it. 
You need collagen to heal the lining itself and you need probiotics to protect it. Here's the other crazy thing. Probiotics actually produce enzymes and other factors that can help heal and seal the gut lining. It's really, really powerful. So to heal and seal, to seal the gut lining, okay, you need collagen or bone broth. So if you're drinking plenty of bone broth all day, that's good. But as a supplement, I would buy a collagen powder, ideally that has type 2 collagen, and you want to take a collagen powder that has multiple types of collagen, but ideally type 2, or buy just a bone broth powder. So you can buy bone broth, that's essentially a protein, and you can do vanilla flavor, chocolate flavor, plain turmeric, whatever you want, but add that to a smoothie or just drink it plain. But that's, that is the building blocks for you to start to heal and repair that gut. Then you need those probiotics. Now, soil-based probiotics tend to go by names like Bacillus subtilis, Bacillus coagulans, Bacillus clausi, but they're the Bacillus family. It's a family of probiotics. Those type, here's why they're so great. These types of probiotics are heat resistant, acid resistant, and they have high survivability, which means they make it from your mouth all the way down to your colon where they can then colonize and transform the health of your gut microbiome. And so you want to be getting this type of product. So again, supplements, I didn't tell you 100 things. Here's the two. Collagen or bone broth powder, one of the two, or both, and probiotics. Those are the two supplements. In addition, other supplements. I, I, let me mention one more. If you've got immune-related issues as well, zinc. Zinc is the mineral responsible for, we tend to think of it for immune system. Well, what is that quote? It's 70% of your immune system lives in your gut. Zinc boosts your immune system by helping strengthen your gut. And so remember this, immune health starts with gut health. Okay. So, so zinc helps typically about 30 milligrams a day. Now, and, and here's how you know you have a zinc deficiency. If you get sick often, have immune issues, if you're not recovering from exercise quickly, if you have acne, that's a big warning sign you're zinc deficient too. So again, bone broth powder, probiotics, and zinc, those are the most essential supplements for healing leaky gut. The most essential herbs are going to be herbs like astragalus, ginger, licorice root, probably the most essential there, okay? So we've covered a lot so far, right? We've, we've talked about the root cause of leaky gut syndrome, which are, I'm going to mention these again. And then, and then I'm going to dive into lifestyle. This is big, this lifestyle I'm going to get into. Emotional stress is the biggest root cause of leaky gut syndrome, toxic exposure, food particles that are hard to digest like gluten and casein, drugs like antibiotic drugs, NSAIDs, and birth control. And most drugs, generally speaking, are very hard uh, and cause leaky gut. Pathogens like parasites, if you've been exposed to parasite or Lyme disease, Lyme and parasites will sort of eat through that gut lining. Um, and then organ malfunction. You have a weak organ system like your pancreas or spleen or liver are overwhelmed. Uh, th th those things cause leaky gut syndrome. What happens is that gut lining gets damaged via inflammation, which will then cause nutrient malabsorption, can cause some food intolerances, causes immune reactions, and can eventually lead to autoimmunity or a chronic inflammatory condition like chronic pain in the body as well or headaches or those sort of things. That's leaky gut syndrome. Okay. And by the way, there are now hundreds and hundreds of studies on leaky gut syndrome. They tend to call it, the medical studies are intestinal, intestinal permeability. Let's talk about the lifestyle here. This is so big. Three big emotions will cause leaky gut syndrome. Worry, grief, 
and fear or other emotions that fall into those categories. Now we know this, right? If you worry a lot, people say it causes an upset stomach. Okay. You say, oh, my stomach is tight in knots. You know, you're really nervous about something. We know that causes dysfunction of that organ system. That is causing leaky gut syndrome if you worry too much. Okay. The other emotion is grief. Grief is, t- is essentially a sense of loss. You had something happen in the past and you have not let it go. Okay. And so a lot of times I'll see this people leaky gut syndrome will come on if somebody's been through a divorce uh, and they have that pain of loss. They lose maybe a death of a friend or family member. Maybe there was something you wanted to happen in your life and it didn't work out like a job promotion or something like that. Maybe someone you love moved away. You don't see them anymore. Maybe you thought you were going to become something in life and it never happened. That thing that you were, all those things, that sense of loss or unforgiveness. So again, you had something happen in your past. Somebody hurt you, whether it was physically, emotionally, whatever it is and you have not forgiven them, you're holding on to something from the past. So unforgiveness is one of the biggest things that will cause leaky gut syndrome emotionally, and the other is fear. Fear will drive that cortisol, those stress hormones, which then starts to eat away at that, cause inflammation of the intestines because it can't regenerate enough because your energy is actually in other areas of your body. But those three emotions, worry, grief, grief is a sense of loss, it can also be uh, seen as unforgiveness or depression, and then fear, okay? Those are the emotional factors that weaken your organ systems that will cause leaky gut syndrome. Here's how you overcome it. I thought, and and this is both from the Bible and from Chinese medicine. Listen to this Chinese medicine take on this. Faith, hope, and love. That's how you heal leaky gut syndrome. Faith is knowing something worked out in the past, remembering that, and that gives you hope for both now and in the future. So faith. Faith is about knowing about how faithful someone has been in the past. So think about this. Why do you trust a friend? Like, or what gives a great friendship? It t- tends to be trust. Why do you trust them right now? Because they probably did something and came through for you in some way in the past. They defended you. You asked them to do something for you. They showed up. You got a flat tire. They came right away, right? That's having faith in somebody because of their past actions. So how do you overcome grief, something you've had happen that's happened bad in your past, is you build your faith in something else, okay? So again, and, but also you let go, you, you forgive the person, you move on, and then you start having faith, uh, you start having faith. So great ways to build faith is, uh, you know, reading spiritual growth books, you know, like, um, and, and, and think, thinking through your life, all the things that worked out for your good and getting grateful for those things. That's a powerful way to build your faith. For me, I'm just going to share this myself. Like I have faith in God. So I read my Bible daily. Uh, I read books about faith in God. And so that's how I do it. And, um, there's also great books on overcoming spiritual bondages or emotional bondages. There's books by Neil T. Anderson, I think that are great. Uh, he has one, I think called the bondage breaker, all kinds of things, but anyways, overcoming that. So faith. Now listen to this. Worry is about worrying about something that's going to happen in the future. Okay. So worry, what's the opposite of worry? It's hope. Hope is all about your future. So building up hope, thinking about your future, like visualization, visualizing the perfect future you want for yourself. By the way, when my mom healed from cancer, we focused on the emotion of hope. And we did that through, um, I had her visualize her perfect future. And she said she visualized herself with her bringing her grandkids to Disney World 
and going on vacation with my dad, you know, traveling the country, going on a, all this stuff. She visualized and had a future, uh, a hopeful future, which helped her overcome her worry. The other thing is this emotion of love. Have you heard love casts out fear? Those are opposites. So love is all about now. So we talked about past is faith, hope is future, love is now. Love is an action that you're doing right now. So if you want to overcome stress, you act in loving kindness and you stop thinking about yourself and you start just loving others and thinking about the uh, others. Fear starts to happen when you think about yourself and what can happen bad to you. You can take the focus and fear off of yourself when you focus on loving and serving others and being kind to others. So these are ways to practically heal leaky gut syndrome. Also, Laughter, have you ever, ever heard this? Laughter is the best medicine. Laughter is a state of joyfulness. So, so being joyful and happy, that helps you heal. So take time, write down things you love to do. Write down the people that make you laugh, movies to make you laugh, and start laughing. Where do you feel a laugh? They call them belly laughs. What's in your belly? What, what's your belly, essentially? It's your intestines. It's healing to your intestines. In fact, studies show, listen to this, laughing increases gut motility, which actually strengthens your digestive system. So one of the greatest ways to heal leaky gut is to laugh, watching comedies, funny movies, reading things that are funny, you know? So again, filling yourself with laughter, especially not, not dirty laughter you're going to get from the sort of like, you know, the comedians today that are telling dirty jokes, the sort of that's like really good, kind, you know, fun that's the sort of laughter that those belly laughs are going to help you overcome leaky gut. syndrome. here's a few other things, community. There are hormones that you, that are released when you give somebody a physical hug or you have a close dinner with someone in, in human contact. The hormone is called oxytocin. Okay. It's the same when a woman is a breastfeeding a child. Oxytocin is the hormone that's released that gives that bond between a, mo a mother and a child. But in a similar vein, when you give someone a hug or any type of human, intimate human contact that's in, in, in loving kindness, that releases a hormone called oxytocin, which helps you heal and actually lifts depression, anxiety, helps heal the body. So being in community, for myself, I'm part of a leadership group I do with men that I have a lot in common with where we share values. And then I'm part of a church group that where we get together and we just share, you know, things that are just our relationship with God and, and focus on spiritual growth. So all of those things, but again, community. And listen, if you have people in your life that are speaking negative to you and that are toxic, you've got to stop spending time with them. And I would take time and write down who are the three people that are the most negative, who are really De depressing you and creating fear and anxiety in your life, stop spending time with them. Write down the five people you need to spend more time with that are encouraging, positive, and make you a better person and really uplift your spirits, okay? And if you don't have those person in your life, go pursue them, look for them. Go to, again, go to a good church, get plugged in or a synagogue and get plugged in in those places. Here's the other big thing, exercise, deep breathing. According to ancient Chinese medicine, there's something called Qigong, which is deep belly breathing in and out while doing movements helps heal leaky gut. So deep breathing. Now you can do this, do this with exercise as well, but you want to make sure you're breathing in through your nose and out through both your nose and mouth. Okay. 
in through your nose, both out through your nose and mouth. You know, you can also just sit there and breathe, like breathe in for seven seconds, hold three seconds, breathe out seven seconds, do that pattern when you first wake up and before bed, but also doing this while exercise, not that timing, but just breathing in your nose and out of both your nose and mouth together and doing that. Like if you have a Peloton at home while doing a spin bike, you know, do that breathing. I uh, do interval training is probably the best thing to do where you're just going to go in back and forth, back and forth while uh, on an elliptical, a spin bike, walking outdoors. You can walk slow, walk real fast, or if, if your joints are good, you can run. Again, I think doing swimming, of course, is fantastic to do in this way. So just, you know, swim down one length and then rest and do the same. So anyways, but doing things that support deep breathing can support. Now, listen, over-exercise actually causes leaky gut syndrome. If you're doing CrossFit for two hours a day or you're trying to work, you're like a workout addict and you're working out, you know, an hour and a half every single day, that will cause leaky gut syndrome. In fact, uh, I'll tell you this. I had a, my cousin who is a triathlete. He's done Ironman triathlons. He came to me, this is many years ago, but because he was getting loose stool, he got leaky gut from all the exercise. So I had him start doing a lot of bone broth. I had him do some glutamine, some ginger, the diet I just shared with you. And boom, like literally within a couple of weeks, it got a lot better. But all that being said, a lot of long distance cardio and overtraining, like again, if you're doing CrossFit for two or three hours a day, that will cause leaky gut syndrome. And that's why for those people, it's even more important that you're doing bone broth or collagen, probiotics, and zinc. Z zinc tends to be very, if you overexercise, the first mineral it will deplete is zinc. So you need to be make sure you're getting that there as well. All those things are very important. So again, hey, I want to cover some of these things here. By the way, hey, if you want to learn everything I just taught, but in more depth and also just so much more, if you want to learn a lot of advanced nutrition principles, make sure to check out my new book just released here. It's Ancient Remedies. In this book, um, again, it's the best book I've ever written. We, we go into how to heal leaky gut. It's also personalized medicine. Did you know that for different, leaky gut can be different for different people? Like for, I'll give you an example. I actually got leaky gut myself about 10 years ago, and I got it because my liver, um, I was having too much frustration and impatience in my life. I was working too many hours and I was consuming um, foods, too many fat, like a super high fat diet, which for me was really, which my liver and gallbladder had to deal with that because my liver and gallbladder were overwhelmed. My small intestine had to pick up the slack, which gave me leaky gut. For someone else, it could be too many carbs and worry, which is very different than what I had. In this book, there's actually a quiz, this new Ancient Remedies book, where you could take a quiz to find out which of the five main causes of leaky gut or one of the five main causes or personality types you are, which then will actually affect which diet you follow. Because the diet I gave you, it is good for everybody for leaky gut, but there are, I mentioned earlier, like if you have constipation, the herbs you should take are different than if you have uh, a loose stool or diarrhea, like IBS, um, uh, with, with diarrhea, that sort of thing. So anyways, all that being said, uh, it's different for different people. So you can find out exactly what you should be taking for you. If you get my new book, Ancient Remedies, you can go to amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, or it's in bookstores nationwide uh, as well. So listen, I covered a lot of this. By the way, if you want to learn more too, I've written articles on this. You can look up Dr. Axe Leaky Gut, 
Um, I've done YouTube videos on it. So you can go and check out their social media as well. But big thing I would encourage you to do, check out the book. And by the way, if you've enjoyed this episode, hey, please share it with a friend. You know, there are so many people who have this issue. So I mentioned this earlier. If somebody has, remember these conditions. Here's the big ones. If somebody has any digestive issue like gas, bloating, loose stool, constipation, they have leaky gut syndrome. If somebody has a food intolerance or food sensitivity, they have leaky gut syndrome. Thyroid conditions like Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism, fatigue, joint pain or chronic pain of any type, regular headaches or migraine headaches, skin issues like acne or rosacea, uh, easily gaining weight, arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, autoimmune disease of any kind. These are all warning signs that that person has leaky gut syndrome. And so again, make sure to share, you know, just text it to them, uh, you, know, you know, the link. And also, hey, if you enjoyed this episode, hey, feel free to go online, give a five-star review. We'd love your help here. And my mission to help teach people how to use food as medicine to help them heal every condition imaginable. So I, I want to say thank you to everybody uh, for listening to this week's episode. I'll be back next week with another episode here of the Dr. Ack Show. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.